Welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes from finding an issue and adding your gift. This week's guest is Hannah Alper, who has a whole list of titles and passions that we got to talk about, including being a published author, motivational speaker, and an activist. However, my favorite part of Hannah's story that she shared with me was the time she met and interviewed Malala, which is just so incredible. Hannah is amazing, and I am so excited to share our conversation with you. So, let's get started. My name is Hannah Alper, and I'm a blogger, motivational speaker, activist, author, change maker, traveler, anything. And I'm passionate about so many issues and I advocate for so many issues, whether it's education, the environment, homelessness, anti-bullying, mental health, you name it. But truly the biggest issue that I like to think that I'm an activist for is activism itself. So inspiring people to be the change that they want to see in the world and inspiring people to take that step and do something and take action on the issues that they're passionate about. And I like to think that I kind of help people and push people to take that nudge just to start because when changing the world, the hardest thing that people have the hardest time with is starting. And so I just kind of teach people how to start and give people the tools and resources. And my greatest hope within all that I do is that if people see me learning and doing, then they will be inspired to learn and do themselves. And this is what I've been doing since I was nine years old and now I'm almost 18. Thank you, Hannah. That was such a great introduction, and I am super excited to be talking with you today. So um, I, I wanted to get started talking about how you came to be in this position. Um, what challenges have you faced, or maybe what experiences have you had that made you want to speak up and get your voice out there? Yeah, for sure. So I was nine years old and I, me and my parents went to Philadelphia for a digital safety family summit. And my dad has a blog and he went to this blogging workshop and I was nine. So I decided that I would tag along and I started a blog, but I had no idea what I wanted it to be about. My mom told me that it can't, that I can't write about myself. And my dad told me that I can't write about how much I love Justin Bieber. And I was nine years old, not as much of my favorite artist now, but that I couldn't, that I had to write about something that I was passionate about. Now I was nine, the word passionate wasn't even in my vocabulary, but you know, we talked it through and it was all, what do you love? What do you deeply care about? What do you want to change in the world? And the only thing that I knew that I loved that I was passionate about was animals. I have two dogs at home. I can't walk by a dog that asks if I can pet it. And my parents started educating me on issues like deforestation, animal habitat loss, all that kind of stuff. And I became really devastated, but I wanted to turn that devastation into motivation to actually do something about it. I didn't think, well, I'm just nine years old. I'm just one person. What can I do? I just did it. And that's kind of always been my mindset since then. And just like any other activist or any other person who's ever been successful in anything, I've of course faced challenges, you know, especially with my peers, you know, teenagers, they can be weird people sometimes. And I remember grade eight was a really hard time. People had known what I was doing. I wasn't super open about it, but 
they, I got bullied a lot, was told to go kill myself, all that kind of stuff. But I decided to, I wrote a blog, a blog post about it. And in the midst of all of the bullying, I was also writing my book, Momentous Small Acts, Big Change. And I ended up writing a section of it in my book that just talked about that you never really know what's going on behind a screen and in someone's life. And I think especially right now as teenagers, we see all of these bodies and all these lives on social media and we think that their lives are perfect. But it's definitely so useful to know that even an activist trying to do good for the world and just trying to help others, everyone is going to face backlash for doing what they love. And I've obviously faced issues, challenges, you know, especially being in school and being an activist and doing all these different extracurriculars. I've definitely faced challenges, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And, you know, so many people always ask me, you know, why do you do what you do? And my answer is always, why not? I mean, there's really no reason not to do something and to help the world because we can, we all have the power, the capacity and the responsibility to do something. And so my goal is to kind of just help people realize that. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think that's a really interesting point about keeping some of your work on the down low. I can definitely understand having weird feelings about having those tough conversations with friends and maybe even family too. Um, so you mentioned your blog and how it's an important part of your activism. So I'd love to talk about that a little bit more. What topics do you like to write about now on there? Really anything and everything. And just anything that I see that inspires me, I think that's something that always continues to inspire me are the young people that are changing the world every single day and just doing incredible things to take action on things that they're passionate about. One of my favorite blog posts is that I, I've probably done like three of them now is about the March for Our Lives young people and their action against gun violence because I think it's just so incredible that they turned a tragedy into movement. But it's really changed so much and it's so interesting to see kind of the progression of the different issues that I've posted about and written about and used my voice on because at the beginning it was very much writing about eco-friendly cleaning supplies and an eco-friendly garage that me and my mom did because I was nine or ten and ten years old and then as I learned about more organizations as I learned about more issues I just kept getting more and more inspired and more and more fueled almost to write about it and to do something about it and so it really has changed but I will say that I've definitely not steered away more from the blog but social media has given me such an incredible platform and I feel like so much of our generation especially is on social media and you know the other day I wrote about everything that was happening with the uh, Capitol Hill and everything like that because it's just so important to recognize the different hatred that was going on there but to also recognize that we have to break open our echo chambers and listen to each other and recognize that we all have a reason for our opinions excluding discrimination and all that kind of stuff but Honestly, I just write about anything and everything, but I completely agree with what you were with what you were saying before. I mean, I think that as an activist and as someone that's just doing anything that they love, you have to surround yourself with good people, but it's also kind of okay to keep it a bit on the down low, you know, kind of be like Hannah Montana. You have a double, double life, double world, all that kind of stuff, but it's okay. I mean, I don't talk about my activism with a lot of my friends, my boyfriend, all that kind of stuff, because I just like to have different topics and different things and yeah, but I, again, I really wouldn't change it for, for the world. I love everything that I do, and I honestly could not be more grateful. I think that is a great point, and of course, I am going to love anything with a Hannah Montana reference. So I would also love to talk about your book. I looked it up, and I definitely want to read it because it looks right up my alley, but I would love for you to tell me some about the process to write it and maybe also share some about what it's about. Just give me kind of the whole scoop. 
Yeah, it was very surreal. I mean, I started writing it in grade eight. I remember I went and spoke at a Microsoft conference and the CEO of Nelson Education, which is more of like a Canadian publisher, came up to me and he said, I love your message. I want to, I want to share it. And he's just said like that you make people smile and I want to make other people smile using your message, whatever. And so we were start, kind of starting to think about what that even meant in like a 13 year old writing a book. And it's such a weird concept about changing the world, especially too. And it wasn't going to be a kid's book. I wanted it to be for everyone, young people, adults, anyone, because that's always been my message that anyone can change the world, regardless of how young you are, how old you are, how much money you have, anything. And something that I've always very much focused on is shining a light on other people's stories. Because I feel like that when you see, again, when you see people learning and doing that, you'll be inspired to learn and do themselves. And when you see different examples. I so believe in the power of role models. I have so many of them. So I decided to interview 19 of my role models in the hopes of inspiring other people to kind of almost see themselves in them, whether it was their issue or their gift. And kind of the whole umbrella of the book was this one formula that I always talk about called issue plus gift equals change. And so you find your issue and that's your cause. And then you find your gift that's like the talent in you. And then you match those two together and you make a difference. So every person that I interviewed had a different issue and a different gift. And I was honored to talk to people like Lily Singh, aka Superwoman, Lily Collins. And my favorite might have had to be Malali Yousafzai. She's been a role model for me for so long. And yeah, I was just really honored to be able to share my message on another platform and that was really the whole goal with it, just for me to be able to share my message, share what I do, share what I love, and share the different, the many issues in the world, but also the many solutions with people. Definitely, that's amazing. I was also going to ask you about interviewing Malala, so now you have to tell me. Tell me about that day, tell me about the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts you had talking with her. Tell me about that whole experience. Insane, absolutely insane, and I've been lucky enough to meet you know different celebrities like selena gomez sean mendez whatever and i like love their music but i've never been starstruck by anyone when i met malala start like starstruck like i felt like i was gonna faint but she's been a role model for me for so long just as everyone else has those role models and i feel like she inspired me so much because i felt like we had a few things in common that we were both young we were both young girls making a difference trying to make a difference through blogging actually too and both passionate about education. And I just thought she was so inspiring because even after getting shot in the head, she kept fighting even harder. And I thought that was just so inspiring. And Malala was here in Canada, um, in Ottawa, receiving her honorary Canadian citizenship from Justin Trudeau, our prime minister. And he, the, the prime minister invited me to go see it and be a part of it and just kind of view it and everything. And then someone from her team reached out to me, Eason Jordan, such an incredible person and asked me if I wanted to be the only one-on-one, the only person to have a one-on-one interview with Malala. And I, me and my mom were in the airport, I remember, um, ready to fly to Ottawa, and we saw, uh, we saw the email, and we spent the entire plane ride just being so excited, uh, writing down all the questions, all that kind of stuff. And, but when I actually got there, all the questions kind of floated away and it just seemed like it was almost a conversation more than anything. And that's why it's, you know, it's just like this, because when you find someone that you're, that has the same interests as you and has the same passions as you, it just flows so well. And what I just noticed that I love so much is that she's a teenager, just like everyone else, you know, she loves music and she loves all this kind of stuff. 
And she's also just an extraordinary person doing extraordinary things. And she's just so incredible. And I was also pretty honored to do the cup song with her. I, I'll admit she was like way better than me. Ah, that is so cool to hear. It's just awesome. So kind of along the lines of role models and that kind of stuff, what's the best advice that you've ever gotten from other people? Maybe people you interviewed for your book or maybe from other role models or people that you've met? Ooh, there's so many. I think that I'll share two, I think. Yeah, uh, one of them is from this guy, Randy Lennox, he was the CEO of Bell Media, he's CEO of Universal Music and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of a more unlikely person to give really good advice, but he said no is a, no is a request for more information. And I love that so much. And it's something that I still use to this day. And it's just the whole not giving up and that, some, and again, no is a request for more information. So I think that that's just something that's so awesome. And when I was doing, uh, I was honored to be a ambassador with the We Charity We organization for about six years, and I spoke at 37 We Days around the world. And in my first We Day tour, whatever, when I was 10 or 11, one one of those numbers, and I was honored to tour with Martin Luther King III, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s son. And I was really nervous, as you can imagine, a 10-year-old getting ready to speak in front of 20,000 people. Very, 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 very nervous. And he told me, and this is also something that Craig Kielberger told me, that the nerves are like adrenaline. And if you're not nervous, that means that you're not excited. And if you're not nervous, then you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. And I still carry that with me because every single time I get on stage to speak anywhere, every single time I even do a Zoom virtual speech, anything, my knees still shake. I still get nervous. But I always think back to that moment and knowing that I always should be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I really like both of those. I've never heard the no is a request for more information one, but I think that's that's a really great perspective to have, especially as a young person. Um, I have kind of another question for you, and you can take this one wherever, however you want, but what is the most meaningful or maybe impactful project you've worked on so far in your own opinion? I definitely think that one of the ones that I'm probably most proud of is something that I did called hashtag FeedTO or FeedTO.org also. It's, I did it once, I've done it twice. I did it once when I was 12 and then once in 2018. So I would have been 16, 17 and 2018 or 19. Again, one of those, not a great memory, but it was all about raising awareness uh, about homelessness and about people experiencing homelessness, especially the people in our own backyards and the idea that while homelessness is such a big and daunting issue, just like so many of the other issues in the world, that there is a solution and that we all can help. And so for FTO in the most recent one that I did, I pitched a bunch of different companies, like I'm going to name some Canadian ones you probably won't understand, but it's like Canadian Tire, Kind Bars, A&W, and all that kind of stuff. So A&W gave me gift cards. They're like a hamburger fast food place. Oh, the... Ooh, who gave, someone gave me Kleenex, which was really great. Um, oh, Canadian Tire gave me gloves, scarves, all that kind of stuff. Uh, kind Bars gave me granola bars. And I reached out to a bunch of other different companies, and they actually ended up giving me um, a bunch of different items. And we made 100, 100 care packages. And then we went out on February 11th, which was kind of the week leading up to Valentine's Day. So it was the week of love. So it was very fitting. And we went and we, me, this was literally me and my parents in my dad's car, and we handed them out to people experiencing homelessness in Toronto. And so the goal of that was not only to make other people's day and have a genuine conversation with people experiencing homelessness and asking them to tell their stories because they're really not 
asked that much and because you know people just walk past them on the street all the time but to also raise awareness around the idea that people experiencing homelessness are people too and deserve just as much dignity and respect as anyone else and i love to help people and that's kind of the main goal of my life and that's everything that i want to do and i always also believe in you know walking the walk not just talking the talk and on social media i feel like that that's such a talked about thing that you can't just talk about things on social media you have to actually do them so that was me doing them and also showing you can do this too literally when you're going out on the street take a sandwich with you take a gift card with you and give it to someone that you see because that's much better than giving money because money is such a disposable thing almost it's such a material thing and so that's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of. Also say super quickly that a few years ago I was invited by uh, Bloomberg as I was one of, I was the only Canadian, I was the only young person on this 51 to watch for 2018 list. And so we went to this gala in New York and it was super fun and whatever. But one of the mo the most memorable things that I remember was that people kept coming up to me and these very prestigious people. I was at a table with like Martha Stewart, all that kind of stuff. And they kept coming up to me and saying, oh, who are your parents? Because they thought that they were the ones on the list. And I said, actually, I'm on the list. And I was very proud of it. And it kind of just showed that adults are finally listening to the voices of young people and that our voices are actually being heard. And I thought that that's, it was just such a cool moment and just made me even more grateful to kind of represent them and represent my generation and my this generation of incredible people and change makers and visionaries and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, that was a lot. No, no, that was great. So obviously, you are just so focused on helping others, which is amazing. But I also know that it can sometimes lead to burnout. So what do you do for fun or to de-stress when you may be feeling overwhelmed or just need to blow off some steam? Yeah, I mean, I love activism. I love what I do. And it doesn't feel like work to me necessarily, but it can be draining just like any job and anything that anyone does. It can be draining, can be tiring. And I think in high school, I realized that self-care was actually a really important thing and that mental health is real and it happens to all of us. You know, one in five people have mental, have a struggle with mental illness, but five in five of us have mental health. And I think that's just such an important thing. And I do a lot of self-care and rewinding thing. Literally right here, I have a gratitude journal. Uh, but I, I'm very bad with actually doing it every day. I'm just with the whole like routine. So I'm something I do for fun. Oh, I'm a brown belt in karate, which I think is actually pretty cool. And I'm very short, but watch out. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm stronger than I look. So I'm brown belt in karate. I love just hanging out with my friends, you know, in uh pre-COVID world. Uh, and honestly, I just love cozying up on the couch with a bowl of popcorn, watching Netflix with my parents. I've been doing a lot of that recently, taking my dogs out for walks, seeing my boyfriend, seeing my friends, all that kind of stuff, even if it's socially distant or physically distant. Yeah, I like, I like to say we're socially connected, but physically distant. And I really like to say that. But I, I think self-care is just so, so, so important because you can't do what you love and you can't do what you love, especially at full steam if you're not mentally there and if you're not mentally happy. And I think I noticed that a few years ago that I just wasn't as passionate about everything as I used to be. And it was just because that mentally I needed to take that time for myself. And so it's still possible to do what you love and whether it's do a podcast or be a politician or anything like that, but still take care of yourself. And I think that's such an important thing, especially that young people need to see that it's so possible and it's even necessary to put down the phone and do things that you love just for you, not for anyone else. And 
Yeah, definitely. That's such an important point to make too, that if you aren't taking care of yourself, you just aren't going to be able to do the things you love at full speed. So it's, it's important to take a break sometimes. So I have kind of a signature question that I like to ask all of my guests, and I think you're going to have a great answer. So many young people, particularly college students, want to create change and they want to make a difference in the world. What advice would you most want to share with these young people who just may not know where to get started? I would honestly say that with every issue that you're passionate about, you know, whether it's education or homelessness or environment or literally anything, there's an organization out there that already is tackling it and that needs you and needs your help. You know, one of my favorite quotes is join the helpers. And I think it's a quote from Al Gore. I'm pretty sure I don't really know, but I love it. And I think that I I just do truly believe in that and that with every issue, there's a solution and there's people tackling it that you can help and that you can join. It's not like that there's nothing out there. And I think that that's such an important thing for people to realize. I would also say issue plus gift equals change. It's, uh, I think that it's, again, some of the best advice that I've ever been given. And so I try to pass it on to literally everyone that I meet. And I just think that's such a tangible way to make a difference. You know, you find your issue, the cause that just makes you have that spark. And then you find your gifts, it's your talent, something you're good at, and you match those two together. And then honestly, boom, changed. And I would say that, and I would say that, remember that you're never too young, you're never too old, you're never too anything to change the world for the better. And whatever your world is, you know, maybe your world is your office, maybe it's your school, maybe it's your neighborhood, maybe it's your house even, you know, change starts at home. And I would also say, you know, find your role models, find your community, social media can truly be the best tool for changing the world. And I still stand by that, you know, people always talk about slacktivism and all that kind of stuff. But with the touch of a button, you can reach your message to anyone around the world, you know, from your own community to another country and to another continent. And I think that that is such an incredible thing and that we're living in such an amazing time and it's a very difficult time right now but know that you can still make a difference during COVID and all that kind of stuff and that the world will get better but it um the only way that it's going to get better is by the actions of all of us i loved talking with hannah because she truly very simply wants to help people She lives her life recognizing that every little moment and action counts from something as simple as giving a homeless person a sandwich to something like speaking in front of a convention center full of people. I was inspired by Hannah's energy and all of her advice, but definitely my favorite takeaway was that change comes from finding an issue and adding your gift. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can follow Hannah on Instagram at thathannahalper, and you can also find the link to her blog in the description of this episode. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys!